Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Irish Times Food Month podcast. We're delighted to bring you this podcast, exploring what we cook, order when we're out, and what we pick up at our local off-license. I'm your host, Lily Higgins, and I've been writing about food here at the Irish Times for going on five years now, and there's still so much more to write about. For this episode, I'm chatting to Irish Times food writer Aoife McElwain. Aoife is also the founder of Sing Along Social and author of the brilliant book, Slow at Work. Hi, Aoife. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Lily. How are you? Thanks for coming in. Lovely to be here. Yay. Um, First of all, we have to talk briefly about Sing Along Social. I've actually never been to one. Lily, I know. I am actually coming to Cork pretty soon, actually. Yay, yeah. How are you? So, yeah, the, the Sing Along Social is a zero commitment choir designed for people who cannot sing. So, it's Love kind of, of like group karaoke <laughs> yeah. um, with no microphones, no putting anyone on the spot. And yeah, yeah it's basically a disorganized. It's disorganized crack as opposed to organized fun, is how I like to yes. say it. And um, yeah, I've been. Uh, taking it all over the country actually this year and um, such a good idea weddings um, yeah. hen parties and festivals like festivals. your like, picnic and all yeah. that so yeah brilliant. yeah I had a great um, summer now and um, you're obviously acutely aware as well that the Backstreet Boys are back it's really exciting <laughs> yeah it's, it's just you know I actually have seen them before I mean it won't come as a surprise <laughs> to many people but a couple of years ago uh, they were in Dublin for the BSB and KOTB tour which was so catchy uh, I know um, Backstreet Boys and the new kids on the block and it was just wow. honestly the most hysterically brilliant uh, night in the in the three arena that I've had in an age and I've seen a lot of great people there actually yeah. um, but yeah, that's going to be an amazing show. They're an incredible band, and uh, we were, you know, they were they deserve our support. Not only because I mean, they do. If anyone uh, does, they do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they do. They do. So <laughs> I'm really, really looking forward to. And Spice Girls, you know, they're coming back as well. And yeah. you know, I kind of feel twenty years younger with all these bands yeah. coming back. It's yeah, just, it's great. Well, isn't it strange when you find yourself in like that? Your youth yeah. culture is now nostalgia. And, I know uh, you're kind of not ready to sit into those shoes yet, yes. but no, it's uh, it's time. But it's I cool. Know. Embrace it. Well, I'll go to a Backstreet Boys event if you do one. If you do, it's a hint for you to do. Oh my gosh! Um, and also, your book Slow at Work is such a fantastic resource for anyone that's freelance, you Oops. know, or is trying to put some sort of structure on their work-life balance. Um, and you started as a series of talks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, I basically just a couple of years ago reached what I thought then was peak burnout, but um, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> then I wrote a book and realized what real burnout felt like. Uh, no, just kidding, sort of. But um, yeah, I no, I did. I, I had had a, uh, a period of not feeling well at all yeah. and not feeling good about work, not feeling good about uh, my place and work and how much I was working, etc. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, I set. I wanted to figure out could I approach work in a more sustainable way? Was there a way to just I don't know grab p- 
pieces of slowness was that yeah. the answer um and so yeah i interviewed a lot of different people did a lot of talks around um ireland just um learning from kind of experts or busy people who yeah. had made changes in their lives to kind of slow down a little bit and then i eventually wrote a book about it and so that was released in January of this year and it's been an amazing kind of resource for myself to have it's almost mm-hmm. like a like a guideline that I've written yeah um, and there are things that I learned that have really that really landed and really have become part of my 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 life and th- one of the biggest things is just changing how I felt about recovery time um, mm-hmm. so now I I used to never prioritize my breaks or myself or my friends or my yeah. free time it was always like oh no I have this email or this spreadsheet or this project or whatever it was and um, so now I I start I think of recovery time as part of my job it's my kind of workaholics way of actually so insisting on taking a break and not yeah. feeling guilty about it and actually knowing that I need that break to be good at my job like I can't I cannot go on can't run on empty yeah, yeah so exactly so yeah I feel like myself Sometimes I think of myself as a car and mm-hmm. can't drive in fourth gear all the time. And Especially I, around corners, Aoife. Right? <laughs> and it was so funny, The literally the Monday after the electric picnic this year, and the summer was wild. Yeah. I did a lot of gigs all over the country. Um, I did a big gig in America as well and in the UK. And it was just... It was, travel as it well was as so work. fun. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so fun. But on the Monday after the electric picnic, my car... Literally, the handbrake jammed and it just refused to move. And I was like, it was the Tuesday after I was home. And I was like, gosh, that car is me. Pure sign. Yeah, it's like, Aoife, you're going back to bed. You're not going to work today. exactly. Um, And we were talking there offer as well about um, gut health and you have it in your book as well. Um, And I'm a firm believer, um, Ted Dynan's book, The Psychobiotic Revolution, it's just the the gut-brain axis and how your gut is just a reflection of um, your health and what's going on. It's really linked to your mind and everything. Um, But you're a big fan of fermented foods as well. Yeah, I am. And it's so... uh, uh, I find it almost instant. Like I don't know if that's actually real, but uh, as well, but the effect is you yeah. can feel the effect straight away of something. So, for example, um, I have a beautiful jar of honest to goodnesses. Um, that's kimchi Vir- is it Virginia from Cork? Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I have her kimchi, and like it's just so fizzy on the tongue, oh, and gorgeous. I feel like. It's an instant boost to, I don't know, my energy levels. And I think there's something really kind of like deep about it for me because I know it's so good for me and it's kind of like I'm really looking after myself by giving myself this and then that kind of makes me feel good. Nourishing. Yeah, Mm. all of that kind of stuff feeds into it. My goodness as well, um, in Cork they make uh, water kefir. Yeah, they make water kefir from harvested rainwater and just everything they do is so ethical and their products are amazing. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, actually I've survived the festival season because of them. Thanks to them. Yeah. Yeah. I will put that on the Irish Times podcast because yeah, they were at a lot of the festivals over the summer so I was like, yeah, and they have deep fried um, deep fried uh, tacos um, oh, and they have vegan the um, vegan natural sauce oh cheese God. sauce and so because good. my kids were at um, Body and Soul with us as well and like that they ran straight over to the kefir cart and just stocked up so I was thinking I mean yeah they're sleeping on the ground you know in a tent but at least they're getting their kefir yeah, exactly. um, so both of us started as food bloggers when we were 
but um, tiny children, babies, ten, ten years old. Um, <laughs> and look at us now. Um, yeah, but we are both members of the Irish Food Writers Guild, so right. we have to be grown up to be accepted mm. into that. Yeah. Um, but we have been like I think we both have food blogs for the same like ten or twelve years. Yeah. Like really, yours was I can has cook. That's right. That was my yeah. first one. Yeah. So that was like. 2009 I think I started that yeah so that's incredible isn't it yeah and I just it's so funny to have called my blog after such a short lived internet meme (laughs) it was something with cats wasn't it yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so memorable you survived it you know the the cat meme is gone but you're still here but I think back then blogging was really new and exciting wasn't it Mm. Um, nothing was sponsored there was no affiliate leaks you you couldn't click anything for deets it was just um, Mm. that Mm. and I think in order to stay blogging, in order to put something up every week or month or whatever you wanted it to be, you had to be really passionate about food. You had to love writing. Um, and I think it's just really interesting because you were sharing genuine stories that you wanted to share. So I know nowadays as well, there is totally a, a place for sponsored links and people have to do things like that as well because um, you have to put food on the table and then mm. photograph that food and write about that food. And it's yeah. a big vicious circle. Um, but I think it was a really good way to start off because it's like an online CV, isn't it? Yeah. That you're sort of voluntarily putting up Definitely. recipes and photos. and Yeah, I think there was, it is, it was so different. Like even 2009, I think I remember like, it wasn't until like 2011 that like I got my first like, email from a PR company and I was like Niall my husband I was like someone wants to send me something or whatever you know but uh, that wore off fairly quickly but um, my excitement about it actually Uh, but um, sorry what I what I wanted to say was um, what I think was really cool about about blogs and still and still is Mm -hmm. um, is the ability to practice and learn how to do things that you don't really know how to do Um, for example, for me, the whole reason I started my blog is because I could only cook one dish. Um, really? Which was like a chickpea stew ratatouille kind of thing. Yeah. And I had actually gotten really good at cooking it. I came to cooking kind of late enough. Like I only started cooking really till my in my early 20s. Yeah. And um, so I always felt like I couldn't really cook. I didn't really know yeah. how to do it. It was kind of too hard or it was something my mom and my granny did, but like I yeah. couldn't do it. So, yeah, I got really good at cooking this ratatouille stew, but my friends and family had gotten like really fed up <laughs> with it. So, so anyway, um, my husband, Niall, um, at the time, just my boyfriend, but he had a music blog, he still does. And uh he was like, why don't you set up a food blog? I'll help you set up a WordPress and yeah. you can just like try, you know, try cooking and something no new every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was it was no pressure. But yeah. it, it what I learned from it was uh, certainly, you know, it was a great place to to practice writing, which was something yeah. I'd always loved, but mm-hmm. had never really had an outlet for it. The other part thing that I learned was taking photographs of food yeah. and then learning about this job food styling which was like a dark art yeah. I couldn't imagine that it was possibly a job but it became um, one of my jobs for in, in the kind of following years when I started a website called Forkful with my uh, friend Mark Duggan mm-hmm. who um, took photos and did Doing videos videos as well with that yeah, yeah. Um, so that was uh, you know I never would have imagined that yeah. would turn into a career uh, that and it's like I can still see in my mind one of the the couple of early pictures and stuff on my blog. Have you gone back to look at your I, old pictures? Yeah, or I, your like first I remember ones? one of the first things was coffee cake and 
Like, obviously, it's stuff I wouldn't have done now, you know, but I think yeah. you just have to make a start, you know. Yeah. And I think, like, some people would email me now and say, like, how do I do a food blog? And I'm saying, just just do it. You yeah. just have to just do it. Yeah. And then you're doing it. Yeah. You know, so just make so a start true. and then you're doing it. Because, and it's also, it's like, it's like any project, you know, um, when you start doing something, you know, it starts so small and, and you're just working on something in the moment. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, like even a month later or two months later, you look back and you're like, gosh, I did all that. Yeah, you know? and exactly. you're like, wow, I made those things. And that's a really nice and it's kind of sense it's of achievement. Self, um, you know, like you did it yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you weren't being commissioned to do it. No, exactly. And and like, I, I, I don't know, I, I uh, you might feel the same. I don't know. Um, I don't know if I would have any advice for someone wanting to start a food blog now mm. because it's so different because so we were literally just um, people taking pictures of our dinner yeah like, I know <laughs> like and eating it and then just being like oh it's cold but it's okay and we had no filters no filters in no um, and I think so like part of that really ties in with the fact that I think you're like a really curious person you know um, and your column now we know um, it's such a great idea Thanks. You know, and you just take things um, you're just like asking questions that lead to amazing answers like why leftovers taste better the next day yeah yeah. Did you get inspiration for all of these? Um, well, I am really curious and I, I always have loads of questions. And I think um, I uh, am never afraid of asking questions, you know, yeah. like because I think sometimes we worry if we ask a question, it shows that we don't know something. And then we're afraid that that makes us look it's so true. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I actually really, uh, I felt like that for a lot of my life, actually, yeah. you know, but uh, just in the last, I don't know, 10 years or something, I'm like, I'm just going to ask all the questions if I don't know something, because then I will know it. Yeah. So anyway, that was kind of, uh, I was interested in, I always have questions about food, mm-hmm. or most things, actually. Uh, and uh, so... I suppose coming up with the inspiration for for those sometimes it could be just I'd be reading something. It's often though I have conversations with people about food and and we'll be like, gosh, have you ever wondered why, etc. etc. Fill in the blank or like, have you ever wondered why, um, you know, like you said, leftovers taste better the next day or have you ever wondered like why some biscuits look the same but they're by different companies is who owns the copyright or whatever. Like that literally things that yeah. I think about. And I'm, how do you find the answers then? It's just so, like, where to begin with that, you know? Yeah, so what I've always done with with that particular column is tried to reach out to, to someone who might know the answer. So yeah. an expert, really, because I, I'm certainly not an expert on um, biscuit, biscuit copyright. <laughs> but I spoke to a lawyer about that, a kind of intellectual oh, really? property lawyer, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and actually just recently uh, the... an EU court ruled that there is no way to copyright taste because there's been a lot of, you know, sort of discussion around this kind of thing. And and I think maybe even around food blogging and recipe Mm -hmm. writing and stuff like that's kind of interesting. It's like you can't copyright or own a brown bread recipe, really, because it's like who can can say that 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 was owned. But, you know, it's like if you, it's sort of yours if you... If you have your specific, uh, you tweak it even. Yeah, you know? right. I mean, adding chopped rosemary, it's actually a diff- completely different. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so, so there's kind of like this gray area around food and, totally, and law yes. that I don't don't know much about. But um, that was actually inspired by um, 
a pretty funny moment. I absolutely love Mikado biscuits. Like, I just think <laughs> they look perfect and they taste after getting insane and I love them. Pardon? They used to be twice the size, I think, Mikado. <laughs> but was that just because your hands were smaller? I know. Like maybe it's a perspective thing. <laughs> I have gotten bigger. That's actually very true. <laughs> um, well, um, yeah, I was eating a Mikado and I was like, oh, it's so good. And then I went to the packet to get a second or third or fourth or whatever. Mm. And then I was like, these aren't Mikados. These are Jacobs or whatever the other one. Just and some different brands. Yeah. Pretending to be Mikados. And, you know, of course, it turns out that um, the company, there's like a mother company that owns Mikado and you know yeah. they're only known as Mikado here and they're you know I don't know what they were called but I felt like <laughs> so vulnerable and like I'd been <laughs> used or you know like tricked I know and, and it's just know. really funny anyway I know that is funny that is funny even with different brands of custard cream or something they can be so different yeah. you know yeah um, and I was going to say what's your go-to meal so I am um, as you know, Lily, um, I do often put an egg on it. Yes. Um, I do. Uh, but I suppose I, I, I do have a couple of uh, meals that are in rotation. And one is definitely a just simple pasta sauce. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, just a really nice kind of, you know, garlic, onion, um, maybe chorizo, um, tin tomato pasta sauce simmered simmered down for 20 minutes comfort food yeah and I really really love I just love um, I love pasta it is such comfort food for me and Um, you can get really nice ones yeah well which is fantastic I always I use um, the Checo I find it really good like just dried dried um, pasta and then it's just packaging is beautiful yeah and they've got like linguine and you know bigger kind of I like you know Uh, They've just got kind of different shells and shapes and stuff. So they're really good. I also, I shop a lot in Picado Mexican, which is a, the Mexican food store on South Richmond Street in Mm -hmm. Dublin. But they have a really good online shop as well. Lily is there as well. Yeah. So she's another food blogger who started at the same time as us. Um, A Mexican cook who's been living in Ireland and married to an Irish guy. She's been living here for a long time. She Mm -hmm. was maybe 20 years possibly. But she was saying like when she first moved here, she couldn't even get an avocado. Like there was there wasn't a hint of an avocado anywhere or like chili peppers or anything. So it's been so hard for her. Imagine. Yeah. Um, So her shop is just a treasure trove of um, Mexican flavor. And I love Mexican food because uh, I love the, I think I'm kind of a greedy person. Um, yeah. I mean that as a compliment to myself. Um, but um, there's always I, so many bits to Mexican yeah, food, isn't there? Yeah, you need so you to have a bit of like salsa. You need to have, yeah, you know, you can have it all. You can have a mishmash of different yeah, things together. Um, but she has a really great produce, so I always have kind of some of her really nice corn yeah. tortillas or little tostadas. So I'd have like yesterday evening had kind of. You know, grilled chicken with avocado and some oh, nice. refried beans and like you know, yummy stuff. So yeah, uh, and full simple. of flavor. And yeah, she does exactly. classes as well, doesn't she? That's she right. does really good That's classes right. there. Yeah. And cookbook wise, what would be your favorite cookbook? Do you think? <sighs> Such a hard question. I love. I still love the Flavor Thesaurus by Nikki yeah. Segnet, and I think she has a new book coming out, or it has come out. I haven't actually sought it out yet, but um, the Flavor Thesaurus is was really it came to me at the right time I was mm-hmm. um, after having had a food blog for a couple of years and expanding my repertoire beyond that chickpea yeah. stew but the first couple of years that I really started learning how to cook 
I was so obsessed with recipes. Like <laughs> I was like, and I would triple check that I had the right You'd have amount to, stick to the exact, you know, and yeah. and I because I just really needed to be handheld at that point yeah. in my kind of learning. And uh, so then when Nikki Segnet's book comes out, it's sort of like a. As the title suggests, the flavor thesaurus, it matches up flavors that work well together. So it's kind of a cookbook sort of, um, but kind of a memoir, more like a guide. Exactly. Flavor Sherpa. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you can um, you can look up, for example, there's like a chapter on mushrooms and all of the things that go well with that. I think there's a chapter on mushrooms. So it'd be like thyme, you know, tarragon, cream, well, different things. Yeah. And then within those kind of. It just meant that I became a more intuitive cook, I guess, and like was Confident. able to like, you know, figure out and know uh, what what works well together, yeah. and then it just gives you more room to experiment and kind of be less of a slave to res- other people's That's recipes. That's very true, though, because it's kind of it's much looser and it just gives yeah. you confidence in it as yeah. opposed to actual recipes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Very so, good. and I think that's a really, really good skill when yeah. you're tired and you need to cook for yourself or yeah. your family because. Uh, if you're like, oh my God, I can't even open the book. Yeah. You know, but if you're like, okay, what is in the fridge? Okay, there's feta, there's flatbread, there's that. Or, okay, my fridge. Yeah. No, oh my God. Um, I, know. <laughs> I know, that might be... Um, a bit of olive oil. Yeah. Fresh tomatoes and yeah. let's all just sit down and have our lunch. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. just being able to cook like that in the mm. hop, I think, is, is a really, really good strength. Um, and what Irish produce do you love at the moment? <sighs> so many. Like, mm. I, I'm really loving... Um, Ackle sea salt. Oh, they're smoked. One I is, haven't had the smoked oh one God. yet. I know. I keep I have to just get eating it. pinches of it. Like, oh, yeah, just eating pinches of it. Aren't you and all. I both salt fiends? I mean, I yeah, so. I, I am. Must like, be. I have honestly. It's really beautiful. You know, on chocolatey things. Mm, you know, oh, it's just the smoked one is really amazing. Well, I have to get that. I honestly have, uh, I think I have eight pots of salt on the go. Really? <laughs> like, I have a problem. It's not a problem. I'm proud of it. Um, but just, I love when I travel, I always get, like, I, I have some silly salt at home. Like, I've got um, this birch smoked um, organic hand harvested sea salt <laughs> from Iceland like it's a bit much but it's really it good taste, yeah, yeah it tastes think? amazing it tastes yeah. absolutely amazing uh, so anyway Ackle sea salt I, I'm obsessed of course with anything that Katie Sanderson does um, yeah. the chef uh, who worked at the Fumbly and was um, part of the crew that did Dilsk the pop up in Connemara a couple of years back, but she her business um, with her partner Jasper is a white um, masao. Yeah, is that how you say it? Actually, yeah, I think so. White mouse, white, white mouse anime, and a little blue and white label. Yes, an addictive peanut rau. Yeah, and edible. they are launching a new, uh, like an extended range of, of a few things. And actually, when you go to see them at, uh, you can get the peanut rau in, in really good food shops around the country. Yeah. Uh, I've even reached Cork Aoife amazing yes, yeah it's in Cork as well I know in Galway it's in Ardbia the restaurant yeah. and where is it in Cork it's maybe in Rocketman and it's oh, yes. um, in Ballymaloo in the cookery school shop Fab. Yeah. Um, and then in Dublin you can get it uh, where do I get it um, I know that the bakery in Rialto they also do big um, Mikado style biscuits there by the yum. way lovely that's um, that's the bakery from the cupcake blokes actually oh, yeah. mm, really 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 good cakes in there uh, so anyway there's a few different places you can get the peanut rau and, and certainly at the Christmas flea market they'll mm. be 
They'll have one of their stalls there. Um, no, that is uh, usually in Smithfield. Oh, no. Do you know where it's going to be this year? Up in the Point Village, I think. Okay, That's okay. where it was the last couple of years. Uh, so that'll be the Christmas flea market. Um, there, definitely. Yeah, so they. I had a, a taste of some of their new range. Um, and they've got this incredible aubergine sort of curried style pickle kind of thing going yeah. on. So it is absolutely divine and and they've got another really really good um peanut sauce uh without the spice so it's more like walnut do you remember they had a kind of a miso walnut kind of yeah thing it's a bit like that but it's less sweet so it's 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 really really good as well yeah yeah they sound delicious Mm. um and then sort of trend wise what are you seeing coming down the tracks yeah um Something I've noticed this year, and it seems set to maybe increase, um, is the availability of enjoyable non-alcoholic drinks. Um, So this is maybe something that I have an eye on um, in particular because I gave up alcohol nearly five, no, over five years ago. I think it's it's kind of hard. I was like, I'm not big into drinking when I go out, but I feel like I'm not sort of partaking or yeah. I feel like I need to apologise to everyone. Like, sorry, no, I'm actually driving. So sorry. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know? But, but I have yeah. to use the seed lip, you know, the gin yeah. alternative and it's beautiful sort of botanical. And if you put, you know, a lemon and some nice, um, like the fever tree tonic in with this, yeah. it tastes great. Yeah. yeah. There's, there, I've just really noticed that um, very keenly in the last, two years I'd say um, it was it's been amazing to have options like kefir water and kombucha yeah. and I mentioned the my goodness stall um, earlier at being at festivals yeah. and like having something that isn't a coca-cola mm-hmm. or something sugary yeah. um, and I've often noticed that it's um, when I was uh, reviewing restaurants, uh, it was always incredible to me that there would be these beautiful menus of like such carefully crafted, sourced, beautiful in- ingredients. And yeah. then like literally the only non-alcoholic option would be like a tonic water, which is fine, yeah. or like a Coca-Cola. And I-, I could not understand that. But I mean, of course, I do understand it in a kind of financial way. It's yeah. not like... The money is it's made on alcohol a lot of the times yeah. in, in in restaurants. So so I understand that, but um, I've I've just it's just been really great to see um, a, just a growing care around non-alcoholic drinks because it's not just people like me who don't drink at all. There's yeah. uh, people who are pregnant. There's people who are driving. There's yeah. like a lot of people drive. Oh, I think there's a huge demand. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you were saying there's uh, the new zero tolerance. Yes, there's going to be zero tolerance or there is zero tolerance right now. So you can't have one drink and drive. And I mean, I think it's the way it should be. And I think that coming into the festive season, it's more important than ever that people realise that they do have options. Yeah. So I think some of the really good options that I found, you mentioned the seed lip, which is uh, apparently the world's first distilled non-alcoholic spirit (laughs) but it's such a lovely botanical it's kind of like gin without the alcohol sort of yeah Um, exactly and I had one of the most exquisite non-alcoholic cocktails I ever had was made in the Marion Hotel bar because you know it's just where I hang out but um, (laughs) it was really beautiful and it was with seed lip so that's the that was that's just 
so lovely when somebody pays attention and, and goes the um, extra mile yeah. to ensure you have a good night. So that was really good. Um, I've also noticed there's more Irish kombuchas coming out. It's mm-hmm. amazing to see Synergy kombucha, which is brewed up in Donegal. It's so widely available. Yeah. Um, through kind of super values and centres yeah. and stuff. And that's an Irish company, still uh, Laura Murphy in charge, uh, who started it, it in like her amazing. kitchen, I think, in Stony Batter or something about five or six years ago. Tastes amazing. Um, and again, it's for me, it's just about keeping the sugar levels down. Like, I love, yeah. I like sugar, but just I not know. so much of it. <laughs> and um, it doesn't like me, basically. But, okay, so other... Another good kind of area of non-alcoholic drinks that I've noticed is around non-alcoholic beer. And I think it's really come on leaps and bounds, I think, in the last couple yeah. of years. There's actually non-alcoholic beer that 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 tastes like beer. Um, yeah. And I think there was kind of more a more chemical process used in the past, which which meant that to get the alcohol out of the beer the taste and flavour was being kind of stripped away compromised or yeah. um, so I was one of my favourites is um, the Open Gate Brewery Guinness's kind of experimental yeah. brewery um, they have a really good beer called Pure Brew and it's I think I'm pretty sure it's 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 no alcohol as opposed to low alcohol because yeah. some are kind of there's a lot of beers coming out that are sort of one percent or so. Yeah. It's really an enjoyable an enjoyable beer if you're not drinking and if yeah. if it helps you you know just know. feel like you're part of the crack yeah, like or whatever exactly. you know that that you know for it's me in the it. past has been really helpful to have something yeah. to even every second drink. Yeah yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. Aoife, thank you so much for coming in. My brilliant guest, Aoife McElwain. Um, you'll find her work in the Irish Times at aoifemcelwain.com and on Instagram and Twitter at Aoife McElwain. Thanks a million. Thanks, Lily. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.